If you have come today expecting a focus Mother's Day message, please feel free to leave now. Um, and you're going to be disappointed, so please just lower those expectation levels. Now, this is not a Mother's Day message. If you've been with us uh, from beginning of the year, you know that Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 is a key verse, a key verses for us as a church particularly to do with stretching and strengthening and then spreading later on. But the focus this year, 2022, is about strengthening and stretching. Next Sunday is a first Sunday in April. I know, uh, Christmas is coming, okay? And we will lead up to Easter looking at the strengthening and the stretching in the life of Jesus. That's uh, April theme, strengthening and stretching in the life of Jesus. But in March, we're looking at earth stretching, earth strengthening, as far as no engagement in church life is concerned. And last week, Kerry, who's ill this week, that's not because she preached last week, hopefully, okay, challenged us about our strengthening our generosity in that era of engagement. And today, I just want to share for a few minutes some aspects of what strengthening looks like for us as a local church and our engagement in strengthening and put some perspective on that. I want to use the daily readings. If you follow daily readings, we're going through Exodus this month. So I'm going to focus on yesterday's reading and the beginning of today's reading. And as I'm sharing, some of you might get worried if you know the scripture that I'm going to be asking for a special offering at the end of this preach. Well, I'm not. You can be reassured. Well, not today, anyway. No, in recent years, we've had Heart for the House offerings pre-COVID. We had an annual Heart for the House offering, looking at a particular aspect of church where we, we, we just wanted people to engage and contribute for projects. And a few years ago, it was uh, bathrooms or toilets, we called it, or bathrooms to get done. That has taken longer than we anticipated. There's a whole lot of reasons behind that, but they are beginning uh, to be finished, we'll say. The beginning to be finished. Okay, COVID's put uh, some stop to that. And also, we're a little bit behind schedule. That's because a uh, plumber got COVID while he was doing it. And then he's recovered and started work. And the electrician got COVID. And he is, uh, so that's why. And, and the painter also, I'm told, get COVID as well. So, okay. That's why we're a bit behind. But they're getting there. They're getting there, but as, from an integrity perspective, as leaders and trustees in the church, we didn't want to ask for another half house offering until we'd used the money you gave to fulfill what it was done, given for the last time. And all the money given for that is being used, and more, I can assure you, for fixing the bathrooms in our church. They tell me the ladies is doing great. It's not one I frequent, but they tell me it's looking great, and I look forward to the rest. But I'm looking for that passage. But it's more than money. It's about getting engaged and involved in what is happening. I'm going to read in a short while from it. But God has told Moses to build a tabernacle. Basically, it's a focal point of the worship, Old Testament. It's where God's presence would be centered, a place where people would have a more tangible way, if you like, of experiencing the presence of God amongst them. It was a tabernacle where the priests would minister, function in Old Testament times. It was a focal 
point, if you like, of the Old Testament church, so to speak. And if you want a great Bible study, the tabernacle in itself and the makeup is an incredible Bible study, but that's not my purpose today. But they're basically building a place where they'd meet with God, hear his instructions, know his presence, build a place which was carrying the presence of God in a real and a tangible way. Now, you can be religious on me and say, well, that's Old Testament. In the New Testament, we read that God doesn't dwell in buildings with made with hands anymore, but he dwells within us. He's everywhere, but he lives within us. And there's a sense in which that is true. But I want to tell you there's something incredibly special when the people of God meet together in one place. Jesus himself in the New Testament says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the middle of them. There's something incredible when God's people meet together in one place and bring and carry his presence. And this is like an Old Testament picture of what was to happen here. So we're going to read, and it's quite a long reading, just to encourage you. From Exodus 35, and starting at verse 20. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces. They presented gold, objects of every kind, as a special offering to the Lord. All those who owned the following items willingly brought them. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat hair for cloth, and tanned ramskins, and fine goatskin leather. And all who had silver and bronze objects gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord, and those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Also swims like a fish. No, I did that, but that's aging some old people with an advert that used to be on TV. All the Lord had given them, and the Lord had given them both him and Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dutton, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth. And weavers, they excel as craftsmen and as designers. The Lord has gifted Bezalel, Oholiab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. 
Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and all the others who were especially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary, but the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work and they, they went to Moses and reported the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contribu- contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. That is the end of the reading. Moses, paraphrase, God's told me, Moses says to the people, we're building something here to carry the presence of God. We've got a church project in a go. He gathered them all together. They had a great church meeting. They heard the word of the Lord. They had a great experience of God with them. They caught the vision of what was happening. And then it comes to what happens next. Basically, are you in or are you out? What happens next? No, sometimes it's like that with us. What we read is they come together. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. We're building something here for the glory of God. And then it says, so a whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to the tent. It's a bit like us when we come on a Sunday. We come and experience the presence of God and enjoy the worship. We hear God speak and we catch something, the heart of God. God touches our lives. It's great to be together. But then we go home to our tents or whatever you live in. Caravans, tents, house, bungalow, mansion, whatever. We all still go back to our tent so to speak. And despite we've caught the presence of God, we've caught something we're excited, sometimes it's what happens when we go home. We forget what we said. We get distracted. Life takes over. We make up excuses why we can't or we shouldn't. We don't need to do what we felt God sent us while we're in the building. This is what happened to the people here. We don't follow through. Because it says here in verse 20, they all went home. Verse 21 says, All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. I.e., they all went home. They all experienced God. They all heard God. They all got a sense of this is a project. This is great. This is what God has sent us. But it was only those whose hearts were stirred and those who bought in, those who were eager, engaged. And this is more than money in an offering. This is about engagement in what God is doing. It's an engagement in what God is doing. They all heard it. They all had a great meeting. They all enjoyed the church service. They caught the excitement of what was going on. But only some began to move into what they'd heard and start doing what they'd heard God saying. And there was an excitement that came with their engagement. No, engagement is a heart thing. It's a spirit thing. It's an inside thing, not an outside thing. Engagement is not on what we're doing, it's why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Engagement's not, we'll just do it. Engagement is, this is why we've caught something and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it from an eagerness perspective. You know, you can do stuff. 
you can get involved, you can turn up, you can decide to be a steward, you can decide to make tea, you can decide to go and work with the children, you can decide to get involved in a live group or prayer meeting, but you're not engaged. Because all you're doing is going through the motions on the outside. But engagement comes from within. Engagement's a buy-in. It's a, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. The whole community left the meeting, but it was only those whose hearts were stirred, who engaged in building something to carry the presence of God. We read phrases like, all whose hearts were stirred, all whose hearts were willing, willingly they brought them. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. I've said this often. You'll probably get fed up hearing it, but I'm still going to keep saying it and saying it. I don't want new life to a people where people engage or get involved because they feel the pressure, the compulsion that I have to do this. I'm feeling the pressure when we're talking about engagement, whether it's generosity, whether it's all things but it's just getting involved in seven areas. I don't want us to have an attitude where, oh, I'm having to do this. I want a culture. I want an atmosphere. I want an environment where there's, we want to get involved in this. We're a willingness to get involved in doing it. We're stirred up. We're excited to see his power, his presence, his glory revealed in even greater measure than we've ever seen before. And I'm willing to play my part in helping that happen and see lives been transformed and changed and free in the power of Jesus' name. That's the church I want. I don't want to be part of something, oh, they tell us we have to do it, let's have to do it, let's do it. I want a church where there's a heart which is willing, where we're devoted ourselves to get involved, engaged. That's what engagement is. They're not only willing, but they're eager. They were so eager, some of them, to get involved. What we hear is they were marked by, eager means being marked by enthusiastic or impatient desire or interest wanting very much to do something, especially something interesting and enjoyable. Listen, I think church is enjoyable. I think getting in church is not just interesting, but it's enjoyable. It's great. It's, it's fun. It's part that it should be. It's serious, but it's fun. It's fun serious. If you can have fun serious, church is great. It should be a happy place. It should be a great place. It should be fun, inspiring, and encouraging. Fun place. And it should be filled with people. I'm eager. This is great. I want to. This is exciting. It's been keen or ardent in desire. Feeling impatient. A bit longing to see something happen. I know it's Mother's Day. Uh, and it's not Mother's Day message, but shout out to all the moms. And if you read this story here, in all women, it was the women who led the way. It was the women who led the way. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning, they caught it first. They started to get involved. All the women who were willing used their skills. You know, in my experience, often in church life, it's the women who lead the way. It's the women who drive and lead the way. And I thank God for that. I remember when I first joined New Life Church, it wasn't even called New Life then, back in 125 Presswick Road days. And, and Lorraine's dad, Pastor Bill Welsh, was a pastor there. Lovely man, much loved and godly man. And, but he had a group of four women. If Lorraine will correct me later. There's four godly women alongside them called Rose and Femi Martin, Madge Ralph, and Marion Campbell. And they were women who led the way 
in getting the building at New Life, 125 Presswood Road, our previous building. They were the ones who led the way. We were a church building. And them, along with Pastor Bill, wanted to build something which experienced the presence and the power and the glory of God. They were so godly, I was scared to be in their company, honestly. <laughs> they were frightened. They were wonderfully godly people. But they carried something of God. You know, we're here part because of their legacy. We are building on their, their giants. Pastor Bill and then Pastor Con came after that. But Pastor Bill and those four women, there was something about them that they saw. They bought in. They engaged. They committed to see God's glory and God's power and God's presence and God move in an incredible way. And we were on their shoulders and we were building. And then and Pastor Cork and others came along. But my first experience in your life was those women, and they were just key, key people in the church, along with Pastor Bill. If you want to know more, uh, Lorraine and Claire and others will tell you some incredible stories about those times. Some funny stories, but we're not going to go there this morning. But listen, here, the women led the way. So a shout out to all you women, because I believe in many cases women are still leading the way. But they willingly gave their gifts their resource, they willingly engage because engagement is a willingness. Engagement is not doing it, it's a willingness and an eagerness to do it. Guys, I believe God is calling us to have a willing heart, an eagerness to build something which carries his presence in greater measure and to see him move in greater measure than has ever done before. They gave their resources, their talents, their gifts, willingly. The people of Israel, the church, Every man and woman who is eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. You need to catch this. They brought them with an attitude, I'm doing this for the Lord. Yes, it's for the church, but I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this and I'm giving to him. And listen, and I'm giving them freely. I'm not coming I'm not getting engaged with an agenda that says, I'll get engaged to get recognition. I'll get engaged because I want some promotion. I want a position. I'll get, I'm not giving with an attitude. I'll give them, but I'll decide how it gets used. I'll decide what I want to do and when I want to do it. They didn't come with such an agenda. They came and just said freely, I'm giving, I'm available. I'm giving what we've got and I'm giving it to God and it's whatever used. You might think it, it's not needed to be said that I can assure you it is. Okay, I've known people and they've come and they've been willing to give and to get involved and do stuff, but it's for a purpose for their own. Listen, that's not engagement. Engagement is I'm coming, I'm giving my resources, my talents, my abilities, everything I've got, and I'm just laying them at the feet of Jesus. And he says, I'm not coming just to give to the church. I'm giving to him. He's given everything from me and everything I am, everything I have, it's because of him. And I'm willingly just coming and giving all the resources that I have. And I want them engaged for the glory of God, to carry something of the presence and the power of God. And I'm not getting giving it to get back in return. I'm not giving it so that I'll get recognized, so that I'll get rewarded. I'm just coming because I love Jesus and I want to get engaged. I love him, I love his church and I want to get engaged and give what I've got to give something for his going on and glory. That's what these people did. That was the attitude in these people. I'm not coming to get, I'm coming because I'm excited about what God is going to do. I'm giving freely. I sang a song 
some little bit away now. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I'm just coming and I'm giving what I've got. Yes, I want a church there's a culture of encouragement, of building up, of appreciation, of honour, but I don't want a church where we do things to get that appreciation and that honour. There's a difference. I want us to be building a church where we're engaged in what we see God doing in Ayrshire and beyond, and I want to give what I can to it. They were willing. There was an excitement, but there was also excellence in what they'd done. The problem we can have in church life, even with the way I'm preaching today, we can have an attitude, well, as long as I'm willing and available and my heart's in the right place, that's okay. That should be a given. It's time for us to get engaged in what we're doing. But that doesn't mean to say that there's things that we should be doing when we're not fit to do them. Please hear me right. There's some areas in which you might be willing, you might be available, your heart might be right, but that doesn't say that you should be getting involved in it. See, what we see here is the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, filled him with the Spirit, given him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He was a master craftsman. Also him and Oholiab have been given by God the ability to teach their skills to others. Moses summoned Bezalel, Oholiab, and all the others who were gifted specially by the Lord, but eager to get to work. I, there's some areas of engagement we need a bit of ability. Okay, some areas in church life, it's great when we're willing and we've got a wonderful heart and we're available. And we've heard many times before, God's not interested in your ability, it's your availability. That's not fully true. God is looking for availability, but he's looking in some instances for ability and gifting that he gives in order to match the availability. I'm available every Sunday morning to leaders in worship, I can assure you. Okay, but it is not appropriate that I do so. Okay. We want excellence. And that would be far short of excellence. It would actually be far short of mediocrity, but we're not even going to go there. Okay. But I'm available. And we've got a heart to worship God. But I shouldn't be doing that. That's not how I should be engaged in church life. And that's a simple example. But so often we want engaged, but we want it on our terms and what we think we should be doing. Willingness, yes, the heart was stirred. But we read the women who were skilled done their stuff. The men who were gifted. Not an attitude is. Not an attitude of, it's only the church, it doesn't matter how we do it. No, 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 no. It's not only the church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing on planet Earth. And what we do, we do for the glory of the God who created planet Earth and we need to do it with excellence, with an excellent heart, with an excellent mind, but with the best of our ability. So what I'm saying, there are some things where you don't need a great amount of ability. There's some things that are just there 
get involved in doing stuff. But there are some areas of church life where, no, that's not mine. But what I'll do is I'll give the resource, the encouragement, the ability, all I can to those who are skilled in that area. I'll give them, I'll make my job easier. Because, for instance, if you're leading worship, we can make their job easier by just saying, I'm entering into the worship of God today to make it easier for you. Not say you don't do that. But what I'm saying is, there's some areas where we can't, but we can encourage those who are gifted. It's that I'm going to get involved in this. Great. But we also need a heart and an attitude. If the person leading that area of church life says, no, not yet, that we don't go in the huff and say, well, I'm not coming back. We say, okay, I'll give what I can, and I'll keep my heart right with a willingness to honor God and build something which is great for him. I know that's a bit heavy. It's because I got an hour's less sleep in my bed last night. No, I'm just kidding. They had a, an excitement about church life. There was a building project here, and it's not, in name it was physical, but for us, we've got a project to build something for the glory of God, to build something which carries his presence inside and outside the building, to build a church where we're impacting the whole of Ayrshire and beyond, I believe, we can do it but we need to strengthen our engagement. We all come to the meeting, but it's only those whose hearts are stirred, those who are eager, those who are willing, decided to get engaged. My prayer is that through these weeks that God is stirring our hearts, God is touching us. We're yielding ourselves to him and say, God, I'm open, I'm willing to get engaged on whatever level I can to do what you're calling me to do. My skills, my talents, I can offer them, whatever that looks like. And what we love at the end here is there was an excess. They started with a willingness to engage in what God was calling them to do. And at the end, Moses instructed those who were gifted with wisdom and ability to perform the task, to get involved with it. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle, just as the Lord commanded. And the people got so excited, they kept giving them. They had to stop. We've got enough. Their contributions, we read in the last verse we read, their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. I.e., for us, I believe there's enough gifting, enough talent, enough ability, enough resource in the house for God to use for us to fulfill all that God is commanding and asking us to use. We look at, oh, we haven't got this, we haven't got that, we need this, we could do that. And I'm as guilty as anybody looking at that, I wish we'd that, I wish we'd more this, I wish we'd more that. But I believe God is saying, if we really catch hold of what we are doing here and trying to build something to carry something of the presence of God in ever-increasing measure, something which honors his name, builds his kingdom, sees lives transformed, people set free that Heather shared about earlier. If we buy in, if we willingly come and say, I'm offering all my resources, all my gifting, all my talent, all my ability, whatever that looks like, and I'm coming and I'm laying at Jesus' feet, I'm coming to each other and say, I'm willing to get engaged, I've got a buy-in, I'm eager, I'm excited about what is going, God is doing, and I want to do it to the best of my ability. I believe there's excess in the house that we can do more and more and more, and all that God has required us to do is here in the house already, if I've got a buy-in to do it.
But we need to have that willingness. We need to hear what God is saying to us individually. And when we leave this building, we go back to our tents and home. Say, Lord, I don't want to forget. I don't want that to be just a feel-good, nice moment. God, we're asking you, show me what I can contribute. Show me what I can bring to the table. And I'm believing as we do, we're going to see God move in increasing measure in this house and in our community for the glory of his name. We're not building something for the name of new life. They were building something for the presence of God where some, where the tangible and powerful experience of God can be felt. And I believe we can do that if we come and we engage with an excitement, with a spirit of excellence, and the excess is there for an overflow to touch other places. In Jesus' name, let's stand as Sean comes back. Father God, I thank you for all that you've done in past times. Thank you for the people who in the past have come with their, whatever it was, to build something for you. Lord, there's a group of people here. I pray that we'll strengthen our engagement. I pray, Father God, we won't just hear and then forget. But Lord, that you'll stir our hearts with a willingness to have a, to come with what we have, to lay at your feet with no agenda except to do something which builds the honour of your name and your kingdom here in Presswood and beyond. Thank you for everyone who contributes. Thank you for the skills, the abilities, the heart, the talents, money, everything that people engage with us now. But Lord, I pray, Lord, start with me, help us to step up a level, Lord, and just again come and say, we want to give and do more. Lord, for those of us who have maybe lost a bit of excitement and thrill, let us catch again that what it is we're doing is to build something for the honour of the King of Kings. To see his kingdom extend, to see your presence tangible in a world which is crying out for the hope that you have, that you give. Father, we pray that your church will arise and shine in the darkness which is around us. But I pray, Father God, that we will be a church which is willing to come together and to say we're excited, we want to do it with excellence. And we're going to give all that we have and rejoice that what's in the house is enough for you to fulfill through what we're doing here, all that you've planned for us. In Jesus' name, amen.